Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonley Podcast, brought to you as always in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited, who are people analytics specialists offering advisory consulting and education services, something far too complicated for me to deal with on a Wednesday lunchtime. As I hope you know by now, I am John Phipps. My co-host should also need no introduction, but as you know, I like to come up with something witty. Uh, He actually gave me a few things this week worthy of it, so I picked one. I'll try and use another one later on. So on the line now is a man who's very much in favour of inter-office relationships. It's Mr Matt Gerrard. Yes, yes. I feel sorry for the McDonald's man uh, that from there. Well, we won't move on from that inter-office, inter-office relationships. But uh, yeah, he only got 500 grand, I say, as well. His payoff, and he was paid 15 million a year. So yeah, but that's 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 for, probably for a more of a HR podcast, which I'm sure there's plenty of out there. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I felt, I felt a bit sorry for him, to be honest. Sorry, you think there's probably HR podcasts? I mean, uh, we, I think this there's is niche. There's probably in there. This is niche, but seriously, no, no. HR. HR, your HR. There's bound to be. There's bound to be. There's, but it probably gets more uh, listens than we do. But if, if you do follow any HR podcasts, please let us know. But there must be one. But maybe Workforce Dimensions, which is a Workforce Dimension podcast. Maybe they have something about HR because they deal with businesses. So okay. They might actually know themselves. Um, so am I right in thinking, um, and this is not, you know, you, you and Mrs. Jarrod do work in the same place, yeah? We do, yeah. Do you, do you see each other often? Um, trying to avoid it. <laughs> uh, we do I do have occasional meetings and stuff, but um, so, um, yeah, that's one of those things, really. And we, we don't discuss work outside of these four walls, if we can avoid it. Has there ever been like an incident where, um, and from what you're saying, probably not, but you've had a bit of a barney and then you've had to go into work together and then just kind of uh, had to see each other in the office when you're, uh, when you're not on best uh, terms? No, 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 that's, uh, there's, there's a few people in this company because it's, um, that have, have got other people who are married to each other as well. So it's one of those sort of companies, really. <laughs> one of those sort of companies. Is like, well, that's place to mean, but uh, there's a few people. Well, that is quite a small place, isn't it? But uh, yes, I, I met my wife here. So uh, we are still together after X amount of years, uh, coming up to 18 years. So there you go. Well done. Very impressive. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, yeah. So, but, but yeah, but I, I thought it was, well, yeah, I, I, you know, McDonald's, maybe that's the policy they have. So, uh, as long as, well, all I care about McDonald's really, as long as they stop selling hash browns, which are the greatest invention in the world, that is my main concern. But I did feel sorry for the boss, and he, t- he turned it around. So if the next boss comes in and says, I'm taking hash browns off the menu for breakfast, then I will be br- bring back the other bloke, despite what he's supposed to have done. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I did look up the story a little bit before I, I decided it was suitable to discuss on the podcast. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you, really. I mean, if every, well, everyone's grown ups, there's there's not, nothing untoward going on. I, I feel I think he's been harshly dealt with. But then again, on the flip side, for the payoff he's got, do you know what? I'd probably take it. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Keep the hash browns on the menu if there is any McDonald's people listening. But I'd never take them off, would they? Because they are great. Are you a fan of the hash brown? Uh, I'm not a, a a mad keen lover, but uh, I, I I do like them. I do I do eat them, and, and obviously uh, in this uh, in this business where I work, and yeah. funny enough, I do also uh, happen to uh, go out with one of my co-workers here. Um, but uh, yeah, we 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 obviously serve uh, hash browns. I won't tell you where they come from. Uh, not on the podcast anyway. I might tell you off air. Um, but yeah, they're uh, they're always a popular breakfast item, and they're a staple as far as I'm concerned of the full English. We've had this before, but, but you, I would say that you can never, you might go to a, a greasy spoon or something like that, but the hash browns are never as good when you cook them at home. I always find that. 
Well, you'll have to come here for well, breakfast one day. Establishment. You, you have to come yeah, here for breakfast one day. I told you he's been fast. It's difficult to get to. Yeah, nonsense. We've had that conversation as well. Yeah, episode exactly. 98, is it now? It is episode 98. And, and uh, for once, I don't need integers, years or anything to offer some interesting nuggets about the number. So let's learn about, and I quote, uh, American adult contemporary boy band, 98 Degrees. Uh, the fact that 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit is the normal body temperature of a human being. And 98 is the highest shirt number permitted to be worn in the NHL. As you can't have a three-digit number, thank the Lord, as the stupidity has to stop somewhere. And the number 99 has been retired across the league due to it being the number of all-time great Wayne Gretzky. It's also a big number in the sp spirit world, number 98. And apparently if the number 98 keeps appearing, it means that your guardian angels want to tell you something. Probably that something in your life will be finished soon, but fear not, as the website I've been on this lunchtime says you should not feel bad because of that. It will bring new opportunities into your life and you will feel better. So, 98, that brings the Kent Nonley podcast to an end forever then. Thanks for listening later. See you later. <laughs> Very good. Nice. I remember Wayne Gretzky. But again, I'm not, I, know, I know you're into your Champions League football at the moment. And I'm not, squad numbers get away. Why would anybody choose squad number 61 that I was watching the game yesterday? Ridiculous number. Ridiculous. I, I, well, there you go. That, squad numbers wind me up a little bit. That's another conversation. There's definitely podcasts about squad numbers, I know, out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of Twitter candles who get very upset about this as well. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, have a, I have an issue with squad numbers as well because they're, uh, they're just a bit daft, aren't they? So, you know, that Why may you be... choose number 61? Well, that's a conversation we can maybe have at a later date because, uh, in fact, we might even bring something up later in this show uh, because there are, there, I can bring some squad number bants uh, later on. How uh, are we doing for time? Only five minutes of the dribble section, so uh, let's have another couple of minutes. What, have you been up to anything else exciting? Obviously, yeah, no, 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 very enjoyable, very good firework. I, you know, I won't pay for the thing, so the free run in Broadstairs, which is packed, probably the busiest day. In Broadstairs, it is firework night because you cannot move. Everybody eats, there's people on the pier, so that was very enjoyable. What else have you been up to? Um, not no football this weekend, but it absolutely chucked it down, so we watched a couple more Harry Potters. So I've now completed Harry Potter. And now no. I had the fascination of watching Football Manager videos, didn't I, on YouTube? Yeah. Guess what I'm watching now on YouTube? FIFA. No, about Harry Potter. About all the, you know, the fans, what they think about why this happened and stuff like that. So I've I've gone into basically Potter's world now, so um, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm watching that on YouTube. Uh, when the wife was asleep last night, I was watching that, which was pretty sad of me, really, because about half past eleven, I thought I'd better go to bed. So I was watching Harry Potter videos, which must make me about thirteen years age, probably, really, isn't it? This was the radio show. I'd have faded you down by now. <laughs> yeah, but again, as I've really got into that, so um, yeah, it's quite interesting to watch. Um, about all the different how it works. Look, very clever woman, J.K. Rowling. So, so maximum respect for her. If you can give her a tweet out saying the Kent Non-League podcast, I think she's a very clever woman. She won't reply back because she's far more important than that. But she's on that. And I suppose presume we didn't get anybody Gola, any Gola boots, did we? Nothing's come through. Yeah, I couldn't even find uh, them on Twitter actually, which was a bit of a blow. Um, so yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I did have a look for them. Yeah, they, 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 they're more like hip and trendy sort of trainers now, rather than quality boots that. Cake in mud and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm disappointed about Gola. But we did find out. We let it down. You told me afterwards they were the sponsor of the National League or the conference, as it was. They were, yes. The the Gola League, as it was, back when uh, 
when well I was still very young and and obviously you would have been a bit older, but probably not not Dover Athletic era, I wouldn't imagine. No, we were more interested in the Pisa Homes League. <laughs> Those were the days. Those <laughs> were the days. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I should apologise as well because I have been calling the Isthmian League by its various sponsors that we didn't, um, we can never remember or try and be funny with. So somebody, one of our listeners said, you know, why don't you just call it the Isthmian League? So from now on, we will call it Isthmian League Premier Division, Isthmian League South East Division, rather than giving the sponsors old or new their pennies worth, because we never call the um, the National League the Vanarama National League, do we? Even I've just done it there. but So we're going to call it the Isthmian League now, so no more gags. Even after the bloke uh, left last year, or they stopped the sponsorship, we had that one, the uh, guy from... Um, Oh, what was the film called? Go over Wimpy Kid. Go over Wimpy Kid, yeah. So that was it. So from there. So no, it's just now it's going to be called the Isthmian League. I'll try and do it at the Isthmian League as well. Look at I just want to finish uh, this little section with a little bit of knowledge that people may not have about uh, how massive fireworks night is in Sussex. We're just over the border. I'm not far away, um, but it's huge. 25,000 people in Lewis uh, last night for the fireworks on Tuesday night. 25,000. And they have a big show and big, big, I think they have a big possession at the end. Oh yeah, this is, this is the big one. It was, it was, it was packed and, and rammed and everything. And, um, but it's been literally a month across the county. Eastbourne's, uh, fireworks were on October the 5th, where it was a massive parade, went all down the seafront, out the front of the B&B and back past. Huge fireworks, huge bonfire. <laughs> I don't know why they do it, but boy, do they love a firework in Sussex. Yeah, it's well, I'm thinking Halloween is eventually going to take over from fireworks night. So I think give it 20 years time, fireworks night will be consigned to the bin. I think it will be gone. Maybe not in Sussex because that's all Lewis worry about really, isn't it? They must probably start planning next year's today, do they? So that is all it's famous for if you, if you watch the local news. Lewis being a good football club because they would pay their women's women's team and the men's team the same and love fireworks. That's what they're famous for. We should put that on the website, really. Genuinely true. That, um, fireworks. Genuinely true, and this is the last word for moving to the football. Uh, when the Eastbourne fireworks finished on October the 5th, they announced over the tannoy, we'll look forward to seeing you on October the 3rd, 2020, for our next fireworks display. Anyway, this week's Kent Only Podcast is a little bit of a scaffold special this week. And before we move on to the league action and another massive win for a team in Kent, let's look back at the FA Vars. Uh, the big game between Beerstead and Chatham was postponed due to the weather. Well, who's surprised by that? Uh, but there were wins for Corinthian, who beat Canterbury City 2-0, Glebe, who won 2-1 at Fisher, and Wellington, victors over Bedfont and Feltham after extra time by three goals to one. Kennington were the only team to lose. Their run coming to an end as they lost 6-1 to Newhaven. But there was also success for the last Kent team to win the Vars, Dealtown, who made it through by beating Oxay Jets 4-1. And after that win, Matt's caught up with head coach Steve King. Been a good week for you there. FA Trophy, FA Vars is a, is a competition, of course, that means a lot to the people from Deal and an excellent result of the weekend against Oxley Jets. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, really pleased uh, with the win on Saturday. Um, we played well as well. Um, which was a bonus, and we followed up our league win at Lordswood last Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, two good performances and uh, two good wins last week. Yeah, uh, the conditions on Saturday were pretty grim Where in our part of the uh, the county. What was it like to be involved in a game like that because of the wind and the rain? It must have been a terrible, and it's good to see your players adjusted well. 
yeah, it was it was very very difficult. Probably the windiest that I've known it in sort of four years at the club. Um, the pitch held up really well, to be fair. Um, so that that didn't have too much of an impact on it. But obviously the driving rain and the wind um, wasn't easy. But the boys really stuck to the task and we played some good football. So uh, really pleased with them. Yeah, Ben Chapman. He was the hero. He got he got a hat trick. That's right, right? Yeah. Well. We think it was a hat trick. The first one's a little bit of debate, possibly an own goal, but um, he did so well that um, we're not going to take that away from him. But he's been in good form this year, Ben. Um, and yeah, he deserved it. But to be fair, although he got he got a hat trick and played very well, it was a it was a real good team performance, um, and certainly wasn't a one man show. Yeah, you've got a sort of a mixture of youth and experience, I think, this season. Would you say it, or you again, you're blooding a few youngsters as well? Well, we've we. We set about sort of 2015, January 2015, we come into the club and we built a really young side. Um, but that's now starting to mature. And a lot of the boys that have had three or four years are sort of now into their mid-twenties. Um, so we've got, we've got a lot of experience, not a lot of age. Um, the boys, a lot of boys are still in their twenties, but we've got a lot of experience. And we're always a club that's going to blood young players and local talent. Um, so yeah, we've got a real nice mixture at the minute. We bought a couple of experienced lads in, in the summer in Nick Treadwell and um, Paulie Murray. Um, we've got Steve O'Brien, who's obviously um, been around for quite a while. But we're still mainly a pretty young side, to be fair. Do you um, think there's much? You know, well, I'm based around where you are as well. Is, is there much talent? Would you say in the southeast Kent area? Yeah, there is. Um, there's, I mean, there's some real good players, and it, we really look to give them the opportunities. Obviously, the difficulty we've got as a club, which all coastal clubs will know, is 50% of our catchment areas to see. Um, so we can only go so far. But um, I think, in terms of the, the players in the, the Dover Deal area, we've, we've got probably all of the, the strong lads at the minute. Um, and it's a real good, nice local side that we've put together. So I mentioned earlier that the, the Vars is a competition, of course. Goes down in deal, you know, back in 2000 when they won the competition. You already played three games in the competition and now you've got another home tie against Southall. Uh, looking at their mid-table, is that, again, I presume, as any manager says, you're delighted to be at home first is the most important thing? Yeah, we had, to be honest, we've, we've, we've had a lot of away draws um, this year. Oxley was our first home draw in any cup competition. Um, and all we said after Saturday was we, we were desperate for a home draw and we really wanted to try and avoid another scaffold side. Um, because we play these sides a lot and the beauty of the Vars for me is playing sides that you don't know from different leagues so for us to get a home draw um, against the side against the non-scaffold side we couldn't have asked for any more at this stage Do you know much about them but I suppose you do your homework on them I suppose um, we'll, we'll do our homework between now and then um, we'll go and watch them next week uh, obviously they played Tunbridge Wells in competition um, beat them in a replay so we'll speak to the, the guys there as well um, but without being the old cliche, we'll do our homework. But it's about us going out and putting a performance on the day, um, and that's what we'll be aiming to do. We're at home; we've got a very good home record. Um, I don't know if he likes coming to deal. It's, it's a difficult place; they're going to have a long journey. Um, and if we can repeat Saturday's performance, I think we'll have a really good chance of going through. Yeah, you're, t- you're tenth in the league at the moment. Um, your, your league form's turned around a bit. You're scoring a lot of goals, and you've got to go to Sheppey at the weekend, which is a, a notoriously tough place to go as well. They've, they've got some good support there, so it's another good test for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's one that we're really looking forward to. Jump in. We're, we're training tonight um, to get prepared for that. Sheppey are a good side. Uh, we had a real good game against them a couple of weeks ago, where we lost one nil. Um, and we missed a penalty late on. All about them. We know their strengths. They're, uh, I mean, on paper, they're one 
they're one of the strongest sides in Scaffold, without a doubt. Um, but like I say, having picked up the last couple of wins, we can go to have a little bit of pressure off um, and we'll be giving it our best shot to go and win the game. What's the hopes and expectations of the league? I see Beckham are running away with it a little bit. Is it just finish as high up as possible, is it? Is that the aim? Just yeah, put- we, to be fair, the last two seasons have uh, point-wise been the best two seasons for 15 years at the club. Um, and our aim is to try and improve on that again. Um, if we can get over 60 points, that'll certainly pass in the top seven or eight. Um, um, which, I mean, our aim is to try and break into that top six, but everybody knows with Skeffel at the minute that it's such a strong league um, and we're probably one of 14 sides that are trying to get in the top six who have all got a realistic chance of doing it. And if we can string a few more results together, um, two or three wins on the bounce and you shoot up, Conversely, if you have two or three defeats, you can find yourself 14th, 15th pretty quickly. So, sort of one game at a time. Uh, our aim is over 60 points at the end of the season, and uh, we'll be pleased. And a shout out for, you know, I don't know how you old you are, you probably get just getting past your 40s, but Derek Kerr, 70th birthday at the weekend as well. The manager, you know, you've been with him a long time. It's a magnificent achievement. Uh, still managing yeah. at 17, he's still got the hunger, hasn't he? Yeah, but. He's a proper, he's a proper club man. Um, he's been at deal through thick and thin, um, and he, I mean, he's a real stalwart of the club. So, um, yeah, obviously the boys were delighted to to win the game for him, and and he had a good birthday, um, and yeah, so yeah, good work. Yeah, there's not many people still managing in their seventies. I wouldn't have thought so. That's something you'll be looking forward to doing a few years' time, I suppose. Yeah, no, to be fair, he doesn't look 70. No, I, I, I looked at his photo and I thought, yeah, he, well, no, I, no. I, I knew what he was, he's having really, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think, I think there, was a quite, there was quite a few people that were uh, that were shocked, but uh, to be fair to him, he's we, we work really closely together um, and I take on a lot of the sort of day-to-day work in terms of coaching and um, and the scouting and things like that. and it's, it's just nice to work with somebody who's got that level of experience to... Um, I mean, has, has been there, seen it, done it, and got the t-shirt. So, um, yeah, he's but he's looking great for seventy. And I mean, if I'm still going at that, I'll be delighted. I owe an apology there because I said he was closer to his forties. Is he's only thirty-two, Stephen? I've known him for a while, but I clearly might, I must have known him when he was a very young teenager. So I do apologise for that. He did text me afterwards when I mentioned I he was all getting on a bit now. He said he's had a tough paper round. So I apologise for that, Steve. But uh, a really good lad and he's worked his way up in the game and he's a school teacher at the grammar school in Dover. So uh, yeah, he's a good lad and doing a good job at deal there. That was a great result for him at the weekend. Yeah, I like Steve King. He's one of uh, now four people in uh, in my phone who has to have uh, next to the, the club that they represent. Uh, the others obviously being Steve King and the two Kevin Watsons. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like Steve King. I've known Steve uh, like you for for a few years, not as long as you. But um, yeah, he, he talks well. Um, and you know, I I like what they're trying to build down there at, at, at Deal Town. And I'm sure when I spoke to him for this show last year, I'm sure he used the line about 50% of our catchment areas to see then as well. But but it's true because it is hard, harder for them to, to attract players down there. Yeah, I think they've used the people from the Dayworth Academy. They've picked up players from Ramsgate. Macaulay Murray, I used to rate him when I saw him play a few years ago. So he's a good proven player there. And I presume Billy Monday they've got playing for them is the son of Mark Monday, who was a bit of a legend down in Margate for a while. So yeah, they're, they're doing, doing a decent job. Again, as he mentioned there, they're trying to break, break into the top six. I think he's 
maybe a tall ass for them, but they're doing things the right way. And a shout out to Steve O'Brien, another one I've mentioned him before. I used to play five aside with him on a Monday, so uh, it, it probably said I was one of the worst players he's ever played with. But he's been getting inside. He's uh, yeah, so he's doing well as well. So yeah, I'm really pleased with it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great club to go to. Lovely little ground down there, and they'll be pleased with the draw the next round. Southall, we're probably doing um, pretty worse than. Oxford Jets, well, I think the Oxford Jets are doing quite well. So they've got a home tie. They can go up and look forward from there. And wouldn't it be great? I know how important it would be if they can get a run in the virus and bring back those memories of 2000. Yeah, and I mean, Southall, as Steve King is saying, they did beat Tunbridge Wells. And I liked when he said, you know, they'll have a chat with, with uh, Richard Styles and, and everyone at Tunbridge Wells to get the bit of the inside track. And I, and I like the fact, you know, that most of the teams at this level will help each other out if there's the opportunity. Yeah, I think there's a bit of mutual respect to me. you know you probably know players and managers who've around the around the around the scene for this so yeah I, well, I look forward to it. they're at home um, and he said the home form's good which is good they had a bit of a sticky start to the season but they're they're doing pretty well so oh yeah I'm hopefully fingers crossed they can, can get through and again okay, they've played three games already in the trophy in the VAR sorry so it's probably I don't know how many more they've got to play but it'd be great if they can get in in 2020 still in the tournament um, yeah, and, and just finally, before we move on from, from Deal, wouldn't that be a lovely uh, present for, for Derek Hayes? He turned 70, I hear you say in that interview. Yeah, yeah, 70 years. He's been there for a while, I think 15 years or so. So he's been around the houses, came back as manager after going on the committee. But you could say he's like Mr. Deal from there. And, and I'm looking at the picture of him. He doesn't look 70. So fair play to him. There can't be many more, any managers at 70. Oh, got I can think of Roy Hodgson, who's 70-odd, but I can't think of many other managers who still go at 17. Whatever level of football, getting that enthusiasm, keep going again and again. So, yeah, well, congratulations. Happy 70th, Derek. Do you remember that fellow over in uh, uh, Olzea? What was it? He was about 80 of, wasn't he? Guy, 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 somebody, Guy Roo, was it? Guy Roo, yeah. He was manager. Oh, no, he can't have been that old because he's only 81 now. So I've done him a bit of a disservice. Yeah, he was manager since, 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 I think they started as basically non-league and he was the manager all the way through. Didn't he have about 35 years or something there? Uh, 1964 to 2000, he was manager of Ozair. Uh, yeah, he had any jobs since then? Uh, he, he, well, he left and then came back. Uh, he retired in 2000, returned in 2001. Uh, and then uh, he then re retired again in 2005 uh, and then had a brief spell as manager of RC Long. Uh, but uh, lasted only four matches there. 890 games that fella managed for us there, so fair play to him. Uh, that's quite something. But moving back to much more important competitions, uh, the FA Vars, you said there, Matt, it's the last 64 uh, in this next round. Ties we played on the 30th of November. Uh, before that, Beerson and Chatham will try again on Wednesday night. Uh, the winners will host Wellingtown in that last 64. Uh, while it's already heard Deal will face Southall, Glebe will be the latest Kent side to try and topple Newhaven. All three of the sides just down the road from East Tides have been away to Kent team so far. They've beaten Punjab, they've beaten Kennington, now they'll face Glebe. And Corinthian will host either Abbey Rangers or Ascot United, who drew their first game 2 all on Tuesday night. They're both in the same league Didn't as well. Ascot United did well a few years ago, I think. Yeah, they're both in the same yeah, league as well. They played in the league last week and now they've played in the Vars this week and they're playing again in the Vars next Tuesday. So uh, that'll be interesting. Abbey Rangers, they're another team we hear a lot of, aren't they? Um, but anyway, last week we spoke about goals in the scaffold uh, and the weather put pay to a few games on Saturday. There were just three games in the Premier Division on Saturday. So three games, you'd normally be expecting, what, 10, 12 goals, absolute maximum. Try 25 
Uh, Beckenham went eight points clear at the top as they beat Lawswood 4-2. Sheppard United beat Irith Town 5-3. And uh, pick of the bunch, though, were Hollands and Blair, who stuck nine past Crowborough, six of them in the second half. And that prompted me to finally catch up with Blair boss Simon Halsey, uh, who was in Venice when I called him from Stamford Bridge. Uh, I'm pretty sure this will be the first ever conversation about Hollands and Blair between Venice and Chelsea Football Club. Uh, but here he is, Hollands and Blair boss Simon Halsey. Yeah, great result. Um, as I said in the local papers, I don't think we actually played that well. To be fair, I was a bit disappointed. Um, in the first half, obviously we went one 0 down, and then back to one 0 and then two two one down, and obviously we got going. But for the first twenty minutes, we looked like a team that hadn't played for two weeks. We had four new faces in. Uh, the conditions were bad. The wind was swirling, so uh, we just went in a little bit positive at half-time. Come out and we obviously done the business. You know, they they had a player sent off. It was I think six two at the time. Uh, goalie should have got sent off earlier in that as well. So oh, you know, good day. Of debuts for four new players, and uh, yeah, a great result. Um, just a bit strange at the end of it, really. You know, one of the physios said, "Oh, we should be like jubilant and really celebrating scoring our goals." But we're a little bit, yeah, we didn't play that well, though. But hey, it's back to it's back to winning ways. We we've had a couple of weeks off and pressed the reset button, added to us, added to our squad. And I've got a, I've got a strong sixteen now, the strongest I've had for the whole season. So all positive, really. Have you ever managed a team that scored nine before? No, I've been on the end of seven though from grouping <laughs> from Walton Casual's ones when I was always small, but no, I've never scored nine and, and to be fair, yeah, I'd say it, it weren't about being jubilant about scoring nine. Uh, I just want to do things the right way. But you know, uh, Darren Coop's come in, he's he's assisted in a great a couple of great deliveries, uh, scored one himself. Um Harry King Don was has done very well. Westy's got some minutes and Ricky Freeman scored a goal and got off for you know, got his his Holland and Blair scoring boots on uh, for his first goal and I say, you know, the centre half has scored a perfect hat trick. Um and Harry has scored a hat trick as well we sent it forward, it's just a, a good all round day, but no, I've never scored nine, but yeah. If it's three points and whether we win one nil or nine two, it's still three points on the board and we're back to winning ways and pushing for the, the what I call the second phase of the season. You're doing quite well, really. You only lost twice so far this season, so you've got to be happy with that. No, oh, I'm over the moon. Listen, I can't, I can't, I can't praise the lads enough. You know, we've had a couple of weeks off. I've got, I've got senior players in my side. You know, Harry's played at a higher level than anyone I've ever. Uh, sort of been at this level before and you know I said to him last Saturday he can play for reserves and he's like yep straight away I'm in uh, you know and I had three three players in reserves last Saturday um, so that shows a great attitude for the legs to go and play for reserves not only that it just shows the reserve that that's what the club's all about now and obviously tomorrow night we've got Greenwich Borough although I'm not there um, we've got we got young Daniel who's only 17 Jason uh, and Harley in the squad tomorrow so it's a case of both ways moving moving the, the senior players down to help the reserves and, and then bringing reserves up into certain games when I can use them. So all in all, you know, the club's going in the right direction. I know we spoke at the start of the season and, and you said you saw the potential in, in Hollands and Blair and I guess it's kind of proven at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, absolutely. I hope that the club showed... Um, but they wanted to push on and get back to where they were three or four years ago. Uh, they obviously employed himself and Luke to go and do the business and at the moment we're doing that. Um, but I still think with the squad I've got now, the 16, the, the second phase of the season, pushing into Christmas is crucial for us. And 
if we can get ourselves in that top four or five come Christmas, which that's what I'm expecting, myself and Luke are expecting, if we're in that, in that area come Christmas then, who knows what's going to happen for that second, well, maybe the third phase of the season. So really looking forward to it. You know, we've got some big games coming up. Um, you know, we've got Beckham in a couple of weeks uh, in the league here if we build here before that. Um, we just got we just got to put some points on the board. Um, I think doing it, I said I wanted three wins uh, since we reset the, reset the button. We got three last Saturday. I expect to get three this Saturday and then a tough one against uh, Beckham. But, um, yeah, we set goals now and we're in a, we put ourselves in a position to really test ourselves and see where we can end up. Obviously, you scored nine on Saturday. You're playing a team who conceded eight two weeks ago this weekend. You know, what, what do you reckon? 17? Nah, not at all. <laughs> one nil, one nil, one nil clean sheet at the gas. That'll do, mate. Uh, three points on the board and we move on. It's not about scoring loads of goals. It's about keeping clean sheets. Disappoint, I'm disappointed. We, uh, we can see two goals on Saturday. Um, we just want to make the gas, as I said before, uh, the hardest place to come. And to be honest, in the last two games, we conceded goals. Uh, the more we conceded all season at the gas, I want to get back to zeros zeros at the gas and, and move on and make it hard for people to take anything away from us as I said at the beginning of the season I said to uh, Kev Stevens last week would you rather in 4-3 or 1-0 he said 4-3 but you're obviously in the 1-0 camp listen if you win 1-0 it's 3 points we, would say, we, we scored 9 goals Saturday yeah it, it helps at the end of the season and yes I've lost the league I've lost the league before on goal difference so it doesn't matter but listen I'd rather win 1-0 walk away job done clean sheet breeds confidence shows that we're doing things in the right manner to concede 2 goals on Saturday just so we've, we've had a couple of little lapses where we've perhaps switched off but as I just said we have put new faces in and we haven't played for 2 weeks so I'm going to put that down to that and hopefully we can get ourselves back to well, this is the thing. I, I texted him and asked if he was around, and then I rung it. He said, "Yeah, he was fine." And then I rung him, and the and it was an international dial tone. And I went, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went, I went, "Where the bloody hell are you?" Went, I'm in Venice. I went, I said, "I won't keep you long." Then he said, "No, don't worry, it's all right. We'll just do what we need to do." We had a nice chat, um, but they're obviously moving in the right direction. And, and as I said to him there, they've only lost twice this season, and that's that's impressive. Yeah, anybody. I know Crowborough um, decided they were maybe 18 months, two years ago, but scoring nine from that, and they were 2-1 down at one point as well, and they Hollands and Blair in that game. So, yeah, you, you cannot grumble with that. Simon Howes is a very experienced manager at, at this level. They'll be trying. He's saying his interesting thing, he thinks they can get into that top six as well, which they probably are at the moment. So, they'll look to go ahead from that, but carry it on. Very experienced manager. Who's the side he missed out on goal difference with? Is that Herne Bay when he was moved? Has he been out of Bay? Uh, yeah, he was at Herne Bay, he was at Ramsgate. He's been around Simon Howes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a very, very experienced manager at this level. And uh, I think they're, they're doing very well under him. Yeah, so yeah. You look at the top of the table there, Beckenham, we thought it would be, a, I always we put my house at that, Chatham, we're going to win it. But Beckenham, keep on winning football matches. Eight points clear, two games in hand. Really is theirs to throw away at this point. But... If you can break into it, uh, there's definitely we're going to have this conversation every week, to me. There's two going up this time, isn't there? Or do we know? No, I think it's just one. Right, there's, there's more coming into this league, isn't it? So it's, four it's coming in, four coming in from uh, the division below. Yeah, uh, and I think. Uh, no, it might be one or two. I think it's on points per game, and then a playoff with no, the right, team who finishes that. bottom of the Isthmian League South East. It's it's. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but fair play to Beckham. But Hollands and Blair, uh, 20, 20 points from 12 games, they'll be pleased about that. Maybe they'll be building for next season. Do you think some of these sides are thinking Beckham have already got this 
Sort of sign up. Well, I think I, I wouldn't say they've thought that because we've seen Beckenham be in this sort of position before. You know, that that, that season a couple of years ago, they were well clear. Uh, and they look, the season when Crowborough were up there, the first year we did the podcast, yeah. it looked like it was going to be those two all the way. And then in the end, neither of them went up as Whitsville and Sevenoaks kept going. And, and, you know, in this league, you know, especially when you get later in the season and the pitches get worse, it is a slog sometimes. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't say that this league's over yet. No, again, I'm being a bit uh, saying about that. We know what a tough division this is and people can lose matches. As you mentioned, as the season gets a little bit uh, longer and the pitches get a little bit, so the weather gets a little little bit tougher to play on. But sides are around there. But what I love about this, Scaffold, is we do every week in, week out. There's goals, goals, goals. Players banging in hat-tricks. And it's, it's a good building ground for young players who could be playing you know, maybe reserves or youth team football for high clubs high up the pyramid, getting some action and they will go from there and see what they can do. But Beckham in a very good position, but Hollands and Blair will be pleased about that and see how well they can go, how far they can go. Exactly. And, and I look at Hollands and Blair and I look at some other clubs that are in the scaffold privilege and I don't think they're necessarily big clubs even at that level. And, you know, you look and see other clubs uh, in that division who could probably thrive at, at the higher level. But what I love about the Scaffold is that it is such a level playing field. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you look and you see your Canterbury Cities, your Greenwich Boroughs, your, your Sheppey United, your Tunbridge Wells. They're the ones you think of as, as the big clubs. But Hollands and Blair, you know, the likes of them, they're not easy places to play, are they? No, tough, organised outfit. You've got managers who've managed high level coming down into this league because they know what a decent division it is. So... I was looking on here, Crowborough Athletic, minus goal difference of 39 in 14 games. Apart from that, everybody else's goal difference is is okay, but uh, problems in the old goal difference department there for Crowborough. But what's happened there, we don't really care about them because they're not actually Kent, but they were knocking on the door for motion. I presume money's gone and it's all gone a bit wrong there, but you've got to beat what's in front of you. It's a fair play to Hollands. Exactly. Yeah, this weekend it's AFC Croydon against Lordswood, Canterbury City against Greenwich Borough, Corinthian against Beckenham Town. That's a big game. Irith Town against Beersted. As you've already heard, Hollands and Blair against Irith and Belvedere. Uh, K Sports take on Glebe. It's Punjab United against Fisher. Sheppey United against Deal Town. Uh, Tunbridge Wells against Chatham Town. Another big game that one. And Wellingtown take on Crowborough. In Scaffold Division One Saturday, bottom of the table, Kent Football United held leaders FC Elmstead to a draw. Uh, while elsewhere, Brydon Ropes made it back-to-back wins as they beat Lewisham Borough 4-1. Forest Hill Park beat Stansfield 3-1. It was Greenways 3, Meridian VP 2. And Rustall beat Snodland Town 4-2. Uh, this weekend, it's Croydon against Rustall, FC Armstead against Greenways, Holmesdale against Brydon Ropes, Lewisham Borough against SC Thamesmead, Meridian versus Lidtown, Rochester United against Kent Football United, Snodland Town against Forest Hill and Stansfeld against Kennington. Uh, a game in each division next midweek as well. Beerstead against Tunbridge Wells in the Premier on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday night, Kennington take on Rochester in Division 1. Into the Isthmian League South East next. And this won't take too long as a load of games fell foul of the weather on Saturday. Ashford's trip to Chichester Sittingbourne's game at Hayward Heath and the derby between Faversham and Ramsgate were all waterlogged. Well, Whitsville were unable to fly over to Guernsey, so that game went too. Uh, but Cray Valley PM stayed top of the table after a 1-0 win over three bridges. Herne Bay beat East Grinstead 3-1. The points were shared between VCD and Sevenoaks after a 2-2 draw. But there were defeats for Hythe Town at High Flying Hastings and Phoenix Sports were beaten at Whiteleaf. Uh, we're still waiting for Hythe Town to start moving up the league, Matt. 
Yeah, I'm surprised that Steve Watt came in there. I think he had maybe one of his first league game, does he? I think uh, when he's from there. But uh, I thought they'd be doing better than than they were. But Steve Watt knows knows a player at this level. He's working to to move them up um, the division. Maybe he thought it may be a little bit easier than it was, but he's making the squad his own now. So they'll look to go from there. They're not out of the playoffs, I don't think, because it's quite a tight division and there's so many games left to play. But I think for his own potential, I think he'll be hoping that the the side can pick up a few more results. Yeah, this weekend, Ashford host VCD. Faversham are away to East Grinstead. Hythe will be hoping to get one of those results as they host Whiteleaf. It's Ramsgate against Cray Valley. Seven Oaks against Chichester and Sittingbourne against Herne Bay. Uh, On Tuesday night, it's Phoenix Sports against Faversham and Ashford will go to Whiteleaf. Uh, still no news on the on the new Faversham Town manager, by the way, with the club saying at the weekend that the process of selecting a new management team is ongoing, with directors currently drawing up a shortlist and interviews expected shortly. With your mate Clive Walker, he must be in his 70s, uh, currently in charge. Yeah, yeah, good old Clive. Exactly. Uh, in other news, the draw for the second round of non-league's Daftis Cup competition has been made. <laughs> even though none of the group winners are yet known. Uh, I did, however, spy one league table in the week, which has Ramsgate top of Group 7, putting them in pole position for a home tie with Leatherhead in the next round. And the winners of Group 9, which has Sittingbourne, Cray Valley, Phoenix, VCD and others in it, has a lovely midweek jaunt to Lewis awaiting them when the Premier Division sides enter the competition. It's almost as if they've taken this cup competition and thought, what can we do to make this look even more silly? By having the draw before we know any of the teams are in it. <laughs> I think Folkestone got home to Bob Lurie's, didn't they? Yeah. Clearly, in this competition, couldn't they sort it so the Premier League sides would not play another Premier League side? I'll take Bob Lurie on the same no, But, but the thing is, though, is they've only they've, they've there's only bringing ten teams through, so. The, the, the ten teams are all playing against other Premier Division teams. And then the other the other twelve Premier Division teams have got to play each other somehow along the line. Oh, it seems that well, it seems it's like dark. I bet Bob and I thinking, oh Christ, why are we going to get a focus in for the competition that a focus that may not be too bothered about? I'm sure Bogner won't be either. So I'm whoever focused this in at the AGM, maybe they had a few too many end of season drinks. Maybe it will be. Uh, curtailed next uh, next season maybe when the clubs look at this and think what a waste of time it is but if one of our Ken sides win it John we will be lording all over it won't we we yeah, can go to the final could we 117.2 miles the distance between Bognor Regis and Folkestone I mean right. that on a Tuesday night is the stuff dreams are made of yeah. uh, <laughs> in the Premier Division on Saturday of the uh, Isthmian League uh, Margate were 2 on winners at Corinthian Casuals while there were draws for Folkestone at Car Shortland and Cray Wanderers at home to Worthing and I don't know if you've seen this one Matt but Cray Wanderers have, have boosted their squad this week uh, with the signing of Stevenage winger Joel Rollinson on a three month loan deal that looks like an impressive capture former Reading man yeah I saw that he went to Stevenage in the summer didn't he as a, uh, on, on trial gone there Cray are a good club but you know a winger he's going to get to see plenty of the ball and whip the ball in for their strikers who love scoring a goal so oh yeah hopefully that's a good signing for uh, for Cray from there doing pretty well Cray as we expected so and attracting players from league clubs as well it shows what a good job they're 
the management team are doing down there. Folkestone have the weekend off this weekend due to the fact their FA Trophy opponents are in the FA Cup. Yes, that is right, if you didn't hear last week. Uh, Cray Wanderers host Chestnut in the league and Margate are in FA Trophy actions. They take on Tooting and Mitcham. And on Tuesday night, Gate are at home to Bognor Regis in the league. Another lovely Tuesday night jaunt for the men of Bognor. Uh, Cray Wanderers go to Wingate and Finchley. And then on Wednesday, Folkestone do play their FA Trophy tie as they travel to face Morden and Tiptree, who play late on in the Cup. Uh, on uh, the weekend. Oh, still lost. Morning and Tipper, have they? Nope, despite you trying to jinx them. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on then to the National League South, where uh, what a week it's been for Dartford, who are now 13th in the table after back-to-back away wins. Three wins in four for them now in, in the league. Uh, and Steve King unbeaten in the league. Uh, Saturday, they were 2-0 winners at Eastbourne Borough in conditions which uh, were, if I called them atrocious, I'd be probably underselling it. Uh, but they were very, very professional. Really impressed them. Then they followed it up with a win at Hampton and Richmond, an in-form Hampton Richmond side, who'd won five of their last six matches, a beat Maidstone on Saturday, and beaten again by Dartford. Yeah, uh, my phone's ringing. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. When it's no. ringing, but my somebody's call. So there you go. You're popular. Um, yeah, I didn't think you had other mates. No, no, I don't. It's a work call, unfortunately. But it's my lunch break, so I'll answer that in 21 minutes. Um. Yeah, again, one of the Marsh Browns has come in, is it? I presume he's one of the Marsh Browns. He is one of the, the Marsh Browns, yeah. Yeah, he's been, where's he been before, do you know? I don't know a lot about him. He was at Brentford, I think, as as, as a very youngster. Uh, Kai, he, he is uh, Kai Marsh Brown. But uh, it was interesting chatting to Steve King after the game because I said to him, uh, you know, you, you've got four of your own, you've brought four players in now. You're starting to shape the squad how you want it. And he said, well, I'm, I'm getting there. He said, I'd like to have three wingers. And I looked at his squad and he said, I've got four. I looked, on the bench on Saturday, he had three. And then you factor in the two that started as well. And he, he said, there are going to be decisions to be made. But Dartford are moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's had three away wins in the spin they've had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We know, we, we've mentioned Steve King before. He knows his level like the back of his hand. He knows players. Um, he's bringing the players that he's wanted again. You mentioned about wingers there. I can't see Ryan Hayes has got much of a future. Hasn't come off the bench yet. Uh, I think he's looking for more of the pacier wingers who can get the ball in the box. Elliot Remain scored again last night from the spot. I see. I, I quite like Elliot Remain. He's a willing runner. Has he got goals in his lockup? Probably not recently, but maybe Steve King's the man to, to turn that around. So, yeah, going in the right direction, Dartford. I think. I've continued to say I was surprised he got the job where they went down that route with Steve King but they're going in the right direction it's, it's still a you know if they hadn't won those two away games they could have been in the, in the relegation zone so it shows how important they are and we saw Hampton and Richard beat, um, they've been on a good run beat Maystone at the weekend as well so yep uh, good work for Steve. I still think Steve King's going to change the squad as much as he can but they're heading in the right direction and that can only build well for the future for them yeah, and you've got to, if you haven't seen it, you've got to try and find Elliot Remain's goal uh, from Saturday. What a hit that was. Absolutely superb uh, from Elliot Remain. Uh, I had a chat to Elliot Remain after the game as well. Um, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying this. He's, he, he didn't really enjoy uh, having an interview with me for BBC Radio Kent, shall we say, uh, on sa- on Saturday afternoon. But uh, he certainly enjoyed his goal. And you say he's not a goal scorer. Matt, I think, you know, when we've kind of seen him before, when he was at Maidstone, obviously last year he was at upper level and, and I think he found it a bit difficult. But he's got eight goals this season. He's got six free spawn before he moved on. He's now got two and two for Dartford. 
And obviously, he's a player that, that Steve King knows and, and likes. And if they're going to be playing the sort of formation they've played the last couple of games, the 4-3-3 with him down the middle, and they're going to try and ping the ball around quite nicely, and, and they've got pace, you know, then I think Romain is, is the sort of man that if a chance falls to him, I think he can take it. One time we played for Torquay when he played against Dover, and I think he got sent off in that. Did he get sent off? No, but he was, he was an absolute menace in the game. To be honest, and I, and I thought he was good. So I thought he'd score, do well for Maidstone. I think he he needs somebody to play off him. But if he can get a run of goals, eight goals is a good return for November two for that, and six for Eastbourne. And Eastbourne haven't been pulling up too many trees. So yeah, I think it's a, a good set. For looking at the league table here, and the next league game is when uh, Maidstone do play Dartford. Dartford, who've had a disappointing start, are only three points behind Maidstone. So, beat Maidstone at uh, Prince's Park in a week or so, and it, everything will look rosy for for Dartford. So, maybe the pressure that was on, it surely shows what a decent job Steve King's done with three wins in four games. Yeah, and I think one more thing I will say about Romain as well, was I saw him play for Maidstone a couple of times last year. And there was he didn't have any real support. And, you know, he was up against other players. He was playing with other players who liked to run the channels and everything. But I think, you know, he, the, the guy can finish, you know. And I think that is a, a a good thing for him, especially if they're going to be laying on chances. And I was also very impressed with Norman Wabo uh, on Saturday as yeah, well. Yeah, you've been impressed with him, haven't you? Yeah, I thought he, I thought he looked the part. So, uh, hopefully... I know, Webster, he, he did well that first season. So, again, could be a player that Steve King, who, who has sold players into the league, can harness his potential and maybe uh, good things ahead for Darford. So, no, but I think if you're a Darford fan listening to this, you're probably a lot more optimistic than you were maybe at the beginning of October, where you are at the beginning of November. Yeah, I did also find out on Saturday in, in rather embarrassing circumstances that we have said it, but Steve King is not uh, a former Eastbourne Borough manager. Uh, on, elsewhere on Saturday, it was Chippenham Town nil, uh, Welling United nil. Uh, Chippenham very hard to beat. Uh, Hampton Richmond has always said beat Maidstone with two goals to one. Tunbridge Angels had a Thrilling game. They were 2 0 down, then pulled it back to 2 2. I think they led 3 2. But it finished Tumbridge Angels 4, Oxford City 4. Uh, however, Tumbridge Angels are at the foot of the table still. Um, they, they, they play Hungerford on Saturday. They're the only one of our teams in action uh, in that league on Saturday because obviously of FA Cup action, stuff like that. But there is still hope for Tumbridge Angels, isn't there? Yeah, I think a bit of. Again, they've got a. To conceding late goals but they come back well against uh, against Oxford City three wins in 16 they do score goals so yeah I think there's a long way to go just yet in this division it's quite tight down the bottom you would have thought the likes of Chippenham will go down fall down the league a little bit and they don't lose many games so in Albans I'm quite surprised they're down there but Hungerford who haven't got much of a budget remember you've only got to get finished third from bottom and you stay up so that's the aim for Tunbridge we knew it'd be a difficult season for them but they've got a bit of character and Steve McKim will do absolutely everything he can to keep them to go so a long way to go just yet 30 games to go isn't it near enough yeah so a long way to go Little 28 games left so a long ways to go yeah yeah Welling United do play on Tuesday night at home to Dulwich Hamlet um into the National League very quickly because we'll move on to the fixtures this weekend after this. Uh, Saturday, uh, not a lot to get excited about really. A 0-0 draw for Dover up at AFC Fylde. Dover's first away draw of the season. Uh, Bromley were beaten 1-0 at Wrexham but do stay top of the table. Uh, and Ebbsfleet United drew 2-2 with Chesterfield. Uh, we talked about it last week and uh, that 2-2 draw afterwards it was it was confirmed that Kevin Watson is the permanent manager of Ebbsfleet United. Richly deserved. And he now goes into his first 
game as, as permanent manager on Saturday against Notts County with, with, with lots to lots to look forward to at Ebsu because I think they've turned the corner, Matt. I think, yeah, he's done a really good job there. Um, I'm surprised when he came in, um, Gary Hill brought him in and he came in and Gary Hill left and he, I'm surprised they gave him the reins but maybe he's impressed a few people in that in that role. So, he wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought if you'd have said at the beginning of the season who'd be the next uh, uh, Ebbs uh, League manager. He was his assistant manager at Hungerford, but as we've spoken to him before, he's a very experienced player, over 400 league games, done his time with other managers and worked with other managers. Does know this league as well, because I think he was with Eastleigh as assistant manager to Ronnie Moore, so he knows the level of football. So good luck to him. I hope you do find on there, I mentioned to you the other day, you do find that when the caretaker manager or whatever, interim manager, gets the full-time job. Sometimes it can go a little bit wrong, but it's a free hit for him at the weekend, I think, against um, Notts County in the FA Cup. If they get something in the FA Cup, fair play, you get loads of money, and the dream of playing Manchester United away continues. But if you go out, you can concentrate on the league. So another free hit, and you never know, uh, it, this could be the, a good manager. But Epstein have gone down the route, back to sort of a young up-and-coming manager rather than Gary Hill. And I wish him all the well because he, he comes across really well as well. He certainly does. I've been impressed with him so far. So we've already mentioned uh, Epsom's tie against Notts County. The FA Cup, we're kind of leaving the best till last because it's a big weekend for five of our teams, who, or four of our non-league teams who are in the FA Cup uh, first round this weekend. Obviously, there are five. I was in BBC Radio Kent mode there. Uh, but we don't talk about the other team on this show. Uh, not because... Well, Unless they got relegated. Well, it's, Twice. Um, but, but yeah, um, so we'll go through the ties one by one. We've already mentioned uh, Ebsfleet against Notts County. As you say, Matt, free hit as far as I'm concerned. And you know, there's no reason why Ebsfleet can't uh, progress there, I don't think. Uh, the other game on Saturday is Maidstone against Torquay. You saw Maidstone in the last round, Matt. And uh, you've certainly said to me uh, off the air, you, you, you're pretty worried about them on Saturday. Yeah, that's what I've seen Torquay this season, who did a job against Dover as well. Um, score goals, score a lot of goals. Torquay, particularly away from home, they've spanked four past um, Stockport and four past Halifax in the last few weeks. They've got goal scorers. That confidence of winning the Conference South has carried them on. They've got Gary Johnson, a decent manager. Um, Mayfair will be need to be at top of their game. The first half against Kings Langley in the fourth qualifying round, they were on top of the game and a better side could punish them. So it's... It's a difficult one, for, I think, for Maidstone. Uh, conceding late last minute against Hampton may drop the confidence, but this is where the, the Gallagher Stadium or the Gallagher crowd needs to get behind them because Torquay will be going out all guns to try and finish this tie off early doors, I would have thought. So, yeah, out of all our sides, I'm not particularly confident about Maidstone because I think Torquay are a decent side who are only heading in one direction under Gary Johnson and it'll be really tough. But if they can get a result there... Easily, uh, that's one of the performances of the round if they can get through. Yeah, it was a rubbish draw for them, really. It's not the tie they would have wanted against the team. Could have been the way, I suppose, even worse. Well, yeah, that would have been worse. And I suppose getting a replay would not be a barrel of laughs for them uh, at this stage. And then there's two ties on Sunday. Uh, Bromley go to Bristol Rovers. 400 supporters plus going to be uh, making the trip over to the Memorial Stadium. Uh, free coach travel laid on by the Bromley chairman as well. Uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing that p puts in my head, oh, there's a chance of an upset here. Yeah, probably have lost the last three away from home. Bristol Rovers, as I mentioned before, record against non-league sides is not good. Probably will go there full of confidence. Neil Smith will be urging his players on. They'll be urged by a good support. Fantastic turnout there, 500 or so Bromley fans going. I think they can get a replay down there, play to their strength, give chances to Michael Cheek. 
they can may even cause an upset. But really good luck to him from that point of view. He needs to turn him away from around probably a little bit, but still top of the division um, at the moment. So it's working well for them. But yeah, I think they can get a draw there and bring them back and try and get in that mythical second round, which will be absolutely fantastic. But again, when I talk about when we talk about the next time in a minute, there's quite a leap I think from National League to League Two to League One. League Two may not necessarily be the jump. So I think we saw it with Bromley last year. I think they went one and up, and then Peterborough came in and finished four past them. So I think there's more of a leap between League One and League Two. So that that would be my only concern, and concern maybe for Dover as well. Um, yeah, well, that brings us in, in, ties us in nicely with uh, with your boys, Dover. There, Matt, we've we've kind of left them till last. Uh, South End on the telly, uh, out of sorts. South End coming down to to Crabble, or as you said to me the other day, you know, well, I can't go to church because it's that other. I've got to go to that other church I go to. Um, <laughs> um, but so, um, will you be hoping that God will be on your side on on Sunday lunchtime? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I... Southend, again, on paper here, the TV camera's going to come down. Southend have won five games all in 2019. Um, Sol has gone in, they've lost three. They've got Tonk 4-1 against Portsmouth. Um, everybody's expect- Is everybody expecting David to win this game? Um, David won at home, which helped the other day. If, again, Southend have got quality players. They've got the captain of Australia playing for them. Uh, Simon Cox, Tom Hopo, again, again, hasn't gone well for them this year. But you think that extra quality... Could be the difference, but you never know. It's the FA Cup; anything can happen. I think this will also be a draw, and, and Dover may have to travel to South End, which in, in ten days or so's time. But yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic that Dover can do well. Normally, Dover are pretty rubbish in front of the TV cameras, so hopefully they can put on a performance and, and show people what they what they can do as a team. But Annie isn't Tyler again. Free hit for Dover. If they lose, will people be saying anything? Because they'll expect South End to win. I think yeah, you, you look at I've got the odds in front of me, and and uh, obviously gamble responsibly, kids. Um, but looking at the odds, and it's very very tight. The the sort of difference in the odds. You've got South End at seven to five, Dover nine to five, and I guess when you see odds like that in a game where where there's a two division gap, that does show that there's got to be a chance of an upset. And and you know I've. I'm going to be positive. Why not, mate? Let's just assume, you know, Southend have lost their last four games. They've conceded 15 goals in that time. Yeah, all right, Dover aren't in, in great nick either, but big crowd. You'll be there with your Dover lunchbox and everything. And, and you know, it'll be, everyone will be excited. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's nothing better than knocking a lead team out at home, I think, as well. I've done it a few times away from home. We beat Morecambe, I think, a few years ago. So, But Southend... Is, is, a, is a decent side. They get good crowds. They've got an internationally known manager. So it should be a good day for the club. Uh, yeah. And it'd be good if they can get it through. They've got nothing to lose. It's, it's, it's a good time to play South End. So what, what will their priorities be? They've only got five points all season from 16 league games or whatever it is. I presume their priority is to stay in that division. So the FA Cup may not be a priority, but I think the only priority is that they want to be back winning football matches and it could be a good start for them against Dover because I see I see the next game they haven't got a game as well because it's been called off for international duty. So I would have thought Big Soul is going to play his best side there on paper anyway, and we'll see how we go. But fingers crossed, the Whites can do something with it. 
Exactly. Well, that is pretty much it for this week's uh, Kent Online podcast. We've, we've talked about everything at length. Um, now, be honest with me. We had a conversation on Monday night. You've written it down, haven't you? I haven't written it down because I'm halfway through. I couldn't remember what I was supposed to say. Have I not said it then? I don't think you have. I'm ju- I was just racking my brain. I don't think you have. Uh, Matt well, Gerald. What, 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 what do, I, do I say a lot? You, you, Matt Gerald has a buzzword that he says an awful lot in this podcast. And he says, from that John point of view. He says, from that, that point of view. So I haven't said that. I don't so, no, think I you have. I, halfway through when, I, when you when we rang, I couldn't remember what I said. So it must be um, ingrained in my brain. So maybe if, I, if, if anybody does listen back to these pods. We do get quite a few listeners, so thanks for that. Um, I, do, I, I do listen, so in the edit, I'll find out if you did actually say it. I do yeah. actually listen when I edit. I don't just slick, stick it in the in the thing and assume it's good enough, because most of the time I have to edit stuff out, like effing and jeffing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, know, I know another phone call in this, I've been talking to you then, so I don't know if you, I, I, of course I get the beep in my ear that my phone's and my watch starts vibrating, but I don't know if you hear that as well. In I didn't the hear it, so, mate. But you, you, you can see how professional I am, that I can do two things at once uh, ignore the call and talk to you normally, normally rubbish <laughs> excellent well yeah thanks uh, thanks to everyone for listening as, as Matt says we, we do really really appreciate it. you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non-League uh, you can find me on Twitter at John Phipps 81 you can find Matt's retweet service at Matthew underscore Gerard um, <laughs> As always, if you've got anything you want us to be talking about, then please get in touch. We are it's our 99th episode uh, next week, so I'm going to buy Matt Jard an ice cream, and I'll give it. I'll buy it from next Wednesday, and I'll give it to him when I see him the following Monday. Um, Appreciate make, that. Make myself laugh there. Um, but yeah, um, Monday night just gone on the radio show. Uh, we did talk about the FA Cup quite a bit. Uh, we spoke to Adam Birchill, formerly of Dover, and uh, Franny Collin, now of Hyde Town, uh, about their FA Cup upset. So you can find that one on the BBC Sounds app. Give that a listen. Next week, we're going to talk about race walking uh, and obviously any reaction and fallout from the FA Cup at the weekend. Hopefully news of Kent's non-league teams being in the draw uh, for the second round. Uh, thanks, as always, to our guests for, for speaking to us, Steve King, and, of course, Simon Halsey uh, from Venice, uh, who was who was chatting to me there. Um, and, yeah, thanks to everybody for listening and we shall speak to you all next week for the 99th time do worship a crabble it's my home from home